Hello everyone, and welcome to Explore the Word. Today we're going to look at biblical friendship. Actually, we'll do that for a couple sessions or episodes, looking at biblical friendship. I'm going to read for you John chapter 15, verses 10 to 14, and it says, If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. This is my commandment, that ye love one another, as I have loved you. Greater love have no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends, if ye do whatsoever I command you. Friendship is definitely a biblical reality. The words friend, friends, or friendly are actually found 105 times in the Bible. We all need friends, and we all should strive to be a good friend. Now, we can't be friends with everyone. That's not possible. But we need to be encouraging to the friends that we do have. I think we underestimate the value of friendship. We probably are all guilty of not thanking the friend that we have and thanking God for the friends that we have. We need to be good friends. Two friends were walking through the woods of Grossmore National Park early in the spring. And when they thought they had, were safe on the trail, because, you know, sometimes you can run into wild animals, when they thought they were, on, they were safe on this trail, uh, they heard some noise. They turn around, and down the trail comes a big black bear. And this bear was hangry. It was angry and it was hungry. It had not eaten since the previous fall. Both men took the flight. Now, no man is out running a bear and climbing a tree won't do you any good either. So the hammer was down. They were going as fast as they could. Then one stopped to change his shoes, to put on his sneakers. His friend was flabbergasted. What are you doing? He said, you don't have time to change your shoes, you nutcase. You can't outrun a bear. The other friend replied, I know I can't outrun a bear. I only have to outrun you. Now, that's not a good friend. Don't be that guy. A definition of a friend, according to the dictionary, a person attached to another by feeling of affection or personal regard, a person who gives assistance, patron, supporter, a person who is on good terms with another, a person who is not hostile. I think we would all agree that a true friend is a precious treasure and that we have the opportunity to be a true friend to others. Now, Jesus himself is our greatest and most faithful friend, a wonderful example to all of us about friendship. When we extend his love to others, we help our friends grow in their relationship with the Lord. If you've been involved with teenagers, you probably have mentioned to them to avoid being around the wrong crowd. Because you know the power of a friend's influence. I know my mom and dad told me many times to stay away from certain people. And their advice was sound. I think it's very important, parents, that we know who our children are hanging around with. Who are their friends? It's very important. Definitely part of the responsibilities of a parent. That age wisdom of you know, making sure you have the right kind of friends 
is applicable to every stage of our life. Just not young people, teenagers, children. I have seen numerous young adults, middle-aged people, and even seniors change direction because of friends. Sadly, some of them have totally abandoned serving the Lord. Our closest friends should be wisely chosen, as they need to be ones who will sharpen us spiritually. They must, we must be very conscious of who we choose as our closest friends. Proverbs 27.17 says, Iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. This verse speaks to us about the importance of having the right friend to help us be the better person, to help us to grow in our spiritual walk. There's lots of application that could be used in that verse. Now, a friend is encouraging and edifying. That, that, that's just basic for a friendship. A true friend will do the following. He will lift you up, not tear you down. He's going to help you, not hurt you. Now, that's not saying you'll never hear the truth from them. The truth can hurt you, but their desire in telling you the truth is to help you. So they're to help you. Telling you the truth helps. I mean, it might be painful at the moment, but it helps. Encouraging you, not discouraging you, edifying you, trying to build you up, not diminish you, make them look better. No, they're there to help. In essence, a true friend will help you become more of what you need to be rather than pulling you in a wrong direction into the things that would hurt or hinder your walk with the Lord. So this encouraging factor, the word encouraging means to inspire with hope, with courage, confidence. In my own life, I try really hard to encourage church folks and pastors alike. We, we have all experienced those low times in our lives when we need that encouragement uh, and inspirational thought or scripture verse uh, to hear reasons why to keep going. But we, need, we all are in that place in time to time and we need to be in that encouraging factor. How are you doing with that, friend? Are you being that encouraging voice to your friend? You know, the words, our words are so important. Proverbs 25, 11 says, A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold and pitchers of silver. An encouraging word from a friend can make such a huge difference. So calling him or her a nasty name or putting them in a negative light, speaking of them behind their back, that's not encouraging. Telling him or her that they can do it in the Lord's strength or to stay in the fight. Uh, I will be with you. I'll, I'll help you out the best I can. I'm praying for you. I'll support you as you go through this. Now that's encouraging. Well, if someone hears that and they know it to be true, that's encouraging. So it's just not words, though. Presence. Being physically present is hugely important in friendship. A little reality check for us in our social media day all your Facebook friends are not really your friends. You know that, right? That's just a little bit of a reality check for us. The best way to communicate encouragement is to be physically there. Now, I understand that's not always possible. I have friends around the world who text me, and uh, Facebook message me, send me a direct message, whatever way, uh, email me, send me letters. That's old, old school, but they've done that. Uh, but the reality is, to be the friend... 
that will be there to walk with that person through their hardest days. Just to be physically present. You might not have to say anything, but they just know you're there. Be that kind of friend. And you'll impact people for Jesus. Hey, disciples, the disciples needed encouragement. And they walk with the Lord. They experience a wide gamma of emotions as they follow the Lord. And John 14, 1, Jesus was encouraging. He says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Don't be troubled. He was encouraging. He was using his words and he was present. We need to edify. Uh, to means to instruct, especially to encourage the intellect, the uh, moral, spiritual improvement. It comes from the Latin word meaning to build. We need to allow God to use us to build our friends into what God wants them to be. And that involves all the gammas of that statement of the intellect, the moral, and spiritual growth. I firmly believe that's a responsibility of every friend. If you're not helping your friend be better, then you're failing as a friend. You need to be sharpening your friend. I read that verse from Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen already. That's your job as a friend. Now, anyone out there ever heard, heard of William Wilberforce? He was one of the most prominent figures in English history. He fought for the end of the slave trade in the British Empire for nearly 20 years. His bill was defeated time and time again, often by narrow margins, sometimes by dirty political tricks. You know, some things haven't changed. No matter of our time or geographical location, there's trickery and deception around. Wilberforce had a really great friend. His friend was John Newton, a former slave trader who became a bold Christian. He, be, he was the author of Amazing Grace, the song we love to sing. Newton gave him words of edification to William during a time of great despair and despondency. Newton reminded William of the story of Daniel, a public man like Wilberforce, who trusted in God, was faithful to his duty, and saw God deliver him from his enemies. The God whom you serve, said Newton, continually, quoting King Darius' words to Daniel in the lion's den, is able to preserve and deliver you. He will see you through, he said. Not only did Newton succeed in encouraging his friend, he edified him by the sharing of the word of God and helping him grow in his faith. Now Wilberforce's bill finally did pass, and slavery was abolished in the British Empire. What a fantastic friend. Folks, are you edifying your friends? The friends that God's allowed you to have, are you encouraging them? Are you edifying them to walk in the right ways? You should be. And if you're not, well, you need to get it right, but you can start today. In our next podcast, we'll pick up from here and you know, as you think about this today and tomorrow, let me encourage you to be the friend that the Lord wants you to be. Sharpening your friends to grow in their walk with the Lord. And maybe, maybe you need to get some new friends. Maybe you need to stop hanging around with the friends you have because they're not sharpening you for that walk with the Lord. You know, we need to be encouraging each other in this journey of life. Until next time, keep exploring the word and looking to Jesus.